There's a smart new website that will change the way you invest using social media. Like Folio. Here to explain a team of brothers, Andy and Landon Swan, of Like Folio. And they've always been building out great technology at the intersection of social and trading. Powered by unique social data. Analyzed by legendary traders. The Like Folio broadcast starts right now. We've been throwing out a lot of trades this week. And I thought it'd be fun and informative for people to have us discuss how we control risk in our trading and how we allocate funds to these types of trades. It's a very important concept that goes way beyond what we'll cover today, but I just want to get started on it. Cause I think we're going to need bourbon because there's, I feel like there's going to be some old wounds oh brought to gosh. the surface that where we did, at least personally, where I did not control risk and. One in my oh. case is not so old. I mean, it's not that I didn't control risk. It's just that I got screwed and I had to do what I had to do to stay alive. And I'm still in the trade, but it is still hurting. What was it? LinkedIn earnings trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did a, a two times expected move short strangle. So I had a call two times expected move to the upside and a put two times expected move to the downside. And the stock moves three times the expected move, opens three times the expected move, and continues to tank, you know, within the first few minutes down to four times the expected move. Ooh. So, you know, that naked put was not a pretty sight. The good news is that the implied volatility did not tank, like didn't crush hardly at all post earnings because of how big the move was. Right. Makes so, sense. What I did was I took the, I was in the, I was in the shortest duration options possible. And I think it was like the January 5th, they expired on like the 5th Friday of January or the 4th Friday of January. So they were expiring in a day or two. And I rolled the puts from those Januaries out to March 2016. And then I took the calls that, you know, the short calls were obviously worthless. So I didn't really touch those because those were going to expire worthless, no doubt. Max profit on those. There you go. Max profit, baby. <laughs> Max profit. And what I did was I rolled the calls down. Well, I didn't really roll them. I just opened a new short call position at the same strike that my short puts were at. So essentially, I rolled the call strike down to that 150 strike, in this case, of LinkedIn, and out to the March options. So it was the same duration as the short puts now. And what that has translated to is it kind of buys me some time. And LinkedIn is currently, uh, you know, it got uglier, it went all the way down to 100, but it's it kind of stabilized at 100. Now it's popped up to like 115. So if this puppy goes back to like 130, 150 range, I'm good. So it's all about, it's all about duration. Yep. You managed that after yeah, the fact. After the fact. That was. So I mean, we're talking about but preventative. You, but preventative, you After took a smart fact. approach by taking a two times expected move trade. Just sometimes, every once in a while, those go against you and hurt you. They do. Um, but what can people do? You know, we've talked, I think, quite a bit about option spreads mm -hmm. as a way to define your risk, especially going into earnings or something like that. For me, that's pretty critical. Oh, it's huge. You know, I think that all of my bad wounds from the past, I've been trading for probably 15 or 16, maybe 18 years. I can't remember. But 
all of my bad wounds that I really remember are the ones where I just owned something or I was levered into something and then, and then just let it, let it ride against me all the way and, uh, just, just crushed me. So now I have pretty strict limits on what I'll do. I rarely use, uh, leverage at all. And, you know, for me, the two rules of thumb are understand your maximum risk on any trade that you get in because that's more important than your maximum profit. Mm-hmm. And the other is take whatever you want to do and just divide by like five, you know, and just enter it small because what that gives you is duration. That gives you the ability to stay in a trade that goes against you for a lot longer than if you're levered up. So those are my two rules. Um, it, it also it also really helps with the whole mental psyche situation because if you're in one of those big positions where you're levered and it starts to go against you, it is so hard to take that loss. You just, you're just like, okay, it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to, I know it's going to come back. Meanwhile, you're holding the crappiest position ever. And if you're anybody else that's not in this position, you're saying to yourself, why is this guy holding this? Right. Because yeah. if you're in a position and you're holding, you should only be holding if you would enter here pretty much. You've got a little invest. You got a little free commission because you don't have to enter. But other than that, you should only be holding if you would actually still enter here. And so, you know, you're holding a stock. It goes down, breaks resistance, looks like crap, and you hold it because you're emotionally involved and you want it to come back. But you would never enter here if you weren't in it. So that that kind of tells you something. I think one of my rules is, I think Andy's good with the leverage. That's really smart. Um, if you're more of a stock person. You have to understand the, I guess the, um, the how they go together, the beta weighting of each one. And so, if you've got a bunch of positions, you might feel like you're diversified, but if they all move in the same direction with the market, and the market goes against you, all your positions are going to go against you. Mm-hmm. And so, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, one of my worst was when I had maybe twenty five different positions, and they were all bullish. They all had. Uh, you know, a market up, uh, <clears throat> they all wanted the market to go up. And yeah, bullish has beta weighted to spy. Yes. On S&P, basically. Yes, that's what, sorry. Yeah, bullish has beta weighted to spy. And, uh, you know, I felt diversified because I had 25 positions, but then the market went down and I got murdered. And I was like, oh, I'm not really that diversified. Yeah, that's pretty key. You know, me as an options trader, I, um, I really like to focus on underlying diversity, which is what you're touching on there, you know, sector diversity. But I also like to focus on strategic diversity, making sure I'm not, you know, I don't have 50 positions of just short strangles, you know, or 50 positions of just short puts or 50 positions of long calls, whatever. Um, But the beta weighting thing is so huge. So the way I like to do it is a a lot of small positions. So let's let's say somewhere between 25 and 50 small positions. And I make sure that there's a variety of strategies within those small positions. And there's a variety of different underlyings in there. It's not all the same. You know, it's not all tech. It's not all oil, blah, blah, blah. And that I'm beta weighted my entire portfolio to SPY. And that my, my beta weighted delta is kind of correlated with my, you know, my concept or bias in the overall right. market. So if I'm bullish on the overall market, I want a positive beta weighted delta. If I'm bearish, then I want a negative beta weighted delta. If I'm neutral, I want to get stay as close to zero. And if I have no clue, like if I don't have an opinion, 
then I also want to be as close to zero on my beta weighted delta as possible. Now, a zero beta weighted delta is very difficult to achieve. So when I say close to zero, you know, just something moderately neutral. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that makes sense. I think, you know, we're getting a little technical. Well, we're getting a little ahead of where probably a lot of people are in terms of. Well, we're using technical words, but it's pretty simple yeah. concept with the beta weighting stuff. And people may not know exactly what beta weighted to spy means. Nick, can you explain that and maybe tell them how they could look it up in um, Ameritrade or Thinkorswim? Sure. So basically, beta weighting means how is my portfolio of different strategies and different underlyings, how does that compare or how, how is how is it going to respond to movements in the S&P 500, which the SPY is the ETF that reflects the S&P 500? So for example, a beta weight of one and mm-hmm. the market goes up. Uh, 2% one day, what would you expect a beta weight of 1 to do? So a positive 1 beta weight, it means that your, or positive 1 delta means that your portfolio is going to go up $1 basically for every percent the SPY goes up. So if SPY goes up 2%, then your portfolio is going to be $2, you know, going to make $2 theoretically. Okay. And, and if the, ignoring delta, if you just talk about beta, if, if it's one, then the percent would be the same, right? Mm-hmm. Not a percent to dollar ratio, mm-hmm. but a percent to percent. Cool. And so then if it's zero, you, then in theory, no matter what the market does, your stuff's going to go flat because you're long something and then you're short something else, or maybe you're, you're, you're long something that's aggressive and long something else that's defensive or something like that. Exactly. And you might be thinking to yourself, why would I want zero then? Well, in my case, if I'm selling a lot of premium, then I'm really depending on the theta decay, the time decay. So as time premium comes out of those options, you know, movements in the market aren't affecting my profit loss, but as time passes, my profits are coming in. Right. And then finally, if, if you have a negative beta, then it essentially reacts the opposite of the market. Correct. If the market goes up, then um, you make money if on your position, if uh, market goes down. Right. So yeah, if you have, if you have a <laughs> negative delta, you want the S and P. If you're, if you're beta-weighted to SPY and you have negative beta-weighted deltas, you want the market to go down. If you're beta-weighted to SPY and you have positive beta-weighted deltas, you want the market to go up. If it's neutral, you don't have any you know directional bias. You just want to bank on time decay, volatility decay, if you're in options positions. And where can people look that kind of stuff up? Like if uh, I want to buy Apple, how do I know what its beta is compared to SPY? You can go on the trade page and think or swim and all that information is there for you. Uh, if you type in Apple and then look at the under the underlying portion at the very top of the page, it's going to be on the far right section. So, for example, if we're looking at Apple, let me just type that in here. It's a 1.25 beta. And if you want to beta weight your positions, you would go into the monitor tab and think or swim. And where it says position statements, you would just check the beta weighting box and type in whatever underlying you want to beta weight to. So SPY is a good one there, right? SPY is, a, SPY is pretty much the one that I always use. Unless I have a ton of tech positions on for some reason, then I'll do QQQ. But right. that, that is rare. Cool. Because I, you know, I like to practice. And so in that case of, of Apple, just so people understand, a 1.25 means that if the market goes up 1%, Apple's probably going to go up 1.25%. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's a little more volatile than the general market. That's correct. So that's something to understand when you're talking about risk management. That's correct. All right, so let's look some up that we've been talking about lately. So let's start with Twitter. What's Twitter's beta weighting? 
Twitter's beta is 1.79. 1.79. So it's that's pretty, I thought it'd be a little higher than that, but that's solid. What about JWN Nordstrom? JWM is 1.04, so it's pretty much in line with the market. Cool. And do these how um how volatile is beta? Like how over time it changes, you know, I'm sure it changes as the as the stock itself is changes volatility. Mm-hmm. Um is it pretty Stand, it's pretty um pretty much the same day to day, but maybe year over year it changes. Yeah, it's not going to be a a major shift. Like you're okay. not you're not going to see noticeable volatility in the beta of an individual stock. And just so people know, there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of different ways to calculate beta, and so the way that one broker may calculate it may be different than another. Um, it's generally like a a 36 month moving average versus spy or it could be a 50 month or it could be a five year. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to calculate it, but generally it will move slowly and uh, you can get to know the beta of your different stocks that you're investing in. What about GoPro? What's GoPro at? It's funny. I just typed that in 1.83. 1.83. So that one's a little more wild. The only one that's not loading is Zynga, which I'm guessing is, you know, so by the way, I just want to touch on Zynga real quick because Landon called bearish on it, right? After the stock has already been completely crushed. Was that at 180? That was at, that he called that? That was at like 182, yeah. 183. But he didn't get it in a position, I don't think. He did not get in a position. Okay. And the market has been flying high over the past three, four days. Like we're talking about a, a pretty serious recovery rally here. Yet the stock is at 186. Nothing. It, it, nothing. Nothing. So if you, if you're in Zynga, during this rally, you're like, oh, shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, but Twitter, on the other hand, which we were talking about at 1450, is currently trading at 1850 last I looked. And I mean, that thing has had put in yeah. a serious 30% rally since we started talking about it. Now I'm, t- now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna sell those calls. Yeah. Well, I took profit yesterday, so I'm out. And I had a little bit of a, uh, short, uh, put spread in it that I bailed on earlier today. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I'm s- completely out of Twitter. I'm gonna sell the co- the uh, calls, the twenty dollar calls after this, after we get off of here. Um, JWN Nordstrom reports um, in about ten minutes. So by the time people listen to this, it will have already reported. But we put a trade out in the Likefolio app for that. Um, sold a put spread, so it's a bullish position. I think the risk was 95 bucks. No, the risk was at 155 bucks. The max profit was 95 bucks. If, um, Nordstrom could get over 5250 would be a max profit. It's right around there, I think. And they're going to report this afternoon, but that was a way that we got into Nordstrom and played Nordstrom without risking a ton because we just did a nice, simple, uh, vertical spread that reduce our risk to a maximum loss of 155 bucks per contract. So you know going in exactly what could happen. It's not a situation where you're, you know, buying stock ahead of an earnings event. And if it comes out and it tanks and we lose the 155 bucks, that'll stink. But, you know, given the data we've seen in like folio, we will see that as an opportunity to start actually picking up shares and maybe entering some uh, covered call situations if the, if the implied volatility is high enough. So we'll check that out over the course of the next two or three days. But, I like it. I like uh, it. When you're talking about, you know, risk management and all that, being careful going in, we, we, we've been talking a lot about stocks, but you're right. You do an option spread, it's so much easier 
Because like you just said, you've got $155. That's it. No matter what the stock does, nothing can happen that you're going to lose more than that amount. And so I think that's that's kind of like the next step. And what's crazy is it's the next step of trading for people. Stocks is always the first one, but it's really the the simpler and more reasonable approach is to do options because you can define the risk going into it. And you can do a lot of things like Nick does where you're selling premium and you, you get the house edge on your side. So Yeah, and the way I kind of define risk on those type of trades is I'll look at, say, for example, a two standard deviation move in that stock, not on an earnings trade, but like on a regular duration based trade. And the op you know, the uh, probability of a two standard deviation move is super, super low. So you can say, what would my loss be in the event the stock did have a two standard deviation move in this position? And that's kind of your defined risk, theoretical. But it's not as defined as an actual defined risk trade is, obviously. The other good thing about doing like a put spread, like like you're talking about here in JWN, um, if you're doing that, say, not into an earnings trade, but just in a general long, you want to just be a long exposure to JWN over a period of time, if you buy the stock, there's one way to define risk is to put a stop on the trade. But that forces you out of the trade if JWN happens to go down to that stop level. You're stopped out, forced out of the trade, and 10 that, times out of 10, it pops from there. That's a that's a touch out. That's a touch out. That Which terrible. I don't like a touch out. I, I never put stops on on the rare cases that I'm actually just buying stock without any options associated. It's right. a great way to not lose a lot of money, but it... It's also a great way to lose a very high percentage of the time, a small amount, exactly. of money, which stinks. Nobody wants to do that. So you get that same you know, defined risk. You know what your break even is. You know the point at which, if the stock goes to this level, if if I'm going to put spread, um, there's that defined risk level. But you don't get forced out if it goes down to that level. You can still stay in the trade. Duration's still on your side, assuming that there's still some time left before expiration. You don't get forced out if it goes down to that max loss level. And it could still bounce back and you could still make money on the trade. So I think that's a beautiful thing. I do too. I love it. These are great ways to uh, control your risk uh, going into these trades like we're doing. Um, we've got some good ones going. Twitter, even Zynga, which we're all still laughing that Landon brought that one in. <laughs> but it, it's working. And it made for a great I mean, outro. It's working yeah, it's Zynga's working even though it's not. It's a dollar eighty six, so it's six cents six cents higher than when Landon wanted to go bearish on it. But six cents higher in a market like we've had since that point is a win. Oh, if the market turns down and goes back to where it was, you know Zynga's going to be below right. one eighty. Right, I mean, it's so that, full, full disclosure. I don't have a Zynga position on. I don't know about you guys. I didn't put any on after that. Because we all kind of yeah, we, I didn't either. But now that I see this, I'm I'm really tempted. It's like if it can't rally now, when's it going to rally? It's going to get just crushed if uh, the market comes back down. That's a good point. We got Twitter working. Um, I'm out. I have Twitter working. Booked some great profits. I'm happy. Yeah, Atta boy, you're happy. I'm in it for a longer term, so I, I kind of like the company quite understand, a bit. Understand. And then um, JWN tonight's going to be sweet, or Go it's not. Go, GoPro is getting a bit of a pullback down to like 1250 or so today. Good. good. So I'm getting close to the point, at, like we discussed yesterday, if we get a little bit of a pullback, there's a good opportunity to position bullish there. I'm getting pretty close at these levels. And if we get down to 12, 1215 area, I think I'm going to start putting on some stuff. Nice. 
Well, the only place you could have gotten the JWN uh, earnings trade was through the Likefolio app. So go to your app store, Android or iPhone, and search for Likefolio. Make sure you get that downloaded. We send out notifications, so make sure you have your notifications on. And um, you know, follow Likefolio on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook, but that's really not that big of a deal. Um, Twitter is kind of the place where we put out real-time info. So make sure you get that. we got great content coming out all the time. Appreciate everybody listening. Have a great day. Bye.